This is ESPN Chicago pregame on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. An hour away from Justin Fields making his second career start. Hopefully it goes better than last week. It can't possibly be worse, can it? Redemption game. Here it is, right away. It, we're already <laughs> Dion Miller is already throwing out redemption game. And, and, and unfortunately, you wish that we weren't at this point so right. early in the season. I'm Jeff Meller. Oh. This is ESPN Chicago's pregame show brought to you by 3Chi and Valparaiso University. Okay, so Matt Nagy has taken a lot of flack this week. A and lot. rightfully so. And he certainly doesn't sound like he has any real answers when you listen to some of the sound during the press conferences that we've played already. However, maybe it's not all on the head coach. Trent Dilfer was on Ryan Rosillo's podcast earlier this past week, and he talked about some of the issues you have to deal with as a rookie quarterback in particular for Justin Fields. As we talked when he was in my office before the draft talking, I said, you hold the ball too long. You're going to have to process quick. You're, it's not an intellectual thing. It's a waiting for something better to happen thing. I'm like, the biggest mistake I made and one of my regrets and a lot of us average NFL quarterbacks make is that we don't take the cheese. We don't take the thing right now that's right in front of us. It's free. Uh, you got cheddar to the right, take it. You got good to the middle, take it. You got Swiss. Are those to the left, routes there it. though? Because the argument's been with Nagy that those routes. I, I have a hard time believing an NFL coach doesn't have. You know, it was, it's always explained to me one two one two guarantee, always. three always. is guarantee, one two always. guarantee. The guarantee is always there unless you're an it's always there, but they might be tight. Okay. that's the difference. And, and that was the numbers tell you these were incredibly tight throws throughout yes. that game for and, Fields. And those are good numbers, and I'm glad those numbers are out there because there's a difference between a between Gouda, like I was telling him, I'm just using the cheese now, it's just a quarterback way of saying the free stuff, the easy stuff. Sometimes it's wide open, right? It's zone coverage, it's the back, it's a crossing route. There's no way within four or five yards and throwing the ball and let him be an athlete. Then there's times where it's a shallow cross and the defender's coming down, they're cutting it from the safety position, and you can see that happening. And like, oh my gosh, I got to throw this right here. Otherwise, it's going to be incomplete. That's still a freebie in the NFL. That's why we talk about high school open, college open, NFL open. There's just different mm-hmm. that, There's different um, definitions of what open is. And I think Fields is still looking for the college open throw. And that because he's looking for the college open throw, he thinks every throw is hard because they're all NFL throws. And that's going to take time. I think that's very insightful because Incredibly. It's, pr- it's pretty easy to bag on Matt Nagy about what happened last Sunday. I will say, though, Matt Nagy, the same guy who was telling us all along that Andy Dalton was the QB1. There's a reason why. As Trent Dilfer just laid out, I think, in a very articulate way for the novices out there, that look, and you're somebody, Deanne, who watches Ohio State closely, right? Yes. When an Ohio State wide receiver is streaking down the middle of the field, Quite frequently, there's not a defender who's within Correct. five to seven yards of them. Correct. So even though Justin Fields has a big arm, it's an easier throw for you because you just need to lay it out there for your wide receiver, who is likely going to be playing on Sunday as well one day, right? Yes. And so that's really 
the learning curve that Justin Fields needs to make. That's probably partially why, as you just heard Trent Dilfer talk about, and for those who may not be aware, he runs the Elite 11 court, uh, camps where mm-hmm. all the best quarterback prospects as they're heading to college go usually to work out and compete in a competition overseen by Trent Dilfer. So he's somebody who has a very you know innate knowledge of these players oftentimes and then has played the position at a very high level having won a Super Bowl himself. Right. So I thought that was very insightful to hear him say, listen, he holds the ball too long. And so for all the guff that we're giving Matt Nagy, there's also a, a, a problem with a rookie quarterback who's still trying to understand and has to see it firsthand. And maybe, maybe this week, hopefully, I, I, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying this happened because I, I certainly don't have the confidence in Matt Nagy that it did. <laughs> no. But hopefully, he's got guys like Bill Lazor, John D. Filippo, and maybe even Matt Nagy telling him, "Listen, you got to take the open guys first to." allow the defense to kind of back off just a little bit. I think that Flip is going to come in really big right in this moment because I did observe that too at practice that he and Fields and were talking a lot, a lot. He was around him a lot. And and I agree with what JD said. Like Justin Fields knows he didn't play great last week. But I also feel like we're, as they've said over and over again, we're dealing with a really tough kid. This is someone who I don't think will have any remnants of last week with him. He is ready to get out there and and do what he knows he can do, right? And and take that next step. And and even in observing him in practice this week, Nagy said we saw some adva- advancement from even where he was a week ago. So, I, you know, you can't. What can you take from that disaster? Well, he learned something. What? Yeah, that was his hello, welcome to the NFL moment. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that we won't have that again. Like, there's only one way to go, and that's to move forward. And I appreciated what Dilfer said about like the difference between college being open and NFL open, and and learning that. And he's learning it on the fly. And sooner than they wanted him to. And, and and we as fans were the fans were so excited because look what he could do at the college level. Okay, but then it is a step up. It is he wasn't ready to come in and light it up. He might have been ready for his first start, but he wasn't necessary. I mean, he didn't look it, but he might have been ready to get that opportunity or to grow his opportunity at this level. But he's still learning on the job. We have to remember that. Uh, sacked nine times, of course, the second most by anyone in their first career start in the last 20 seasons. Greg McElroy, actually, for the Jets, was sacked 11 times in 2012. Fields was also pressured on 60% of the dropbacks. That's the highest percentage by anyone in their first career start since ESPN began tracking pressures in 2009. So those certainly aren't good. <laughs> no. Jay, Jay Cutler joins Waddle and Sylvie every Friday. He taught. He knows a thing or two about being sacked a lot, <laughs> if you'll recall. <laughs> he does. Man, the, he has had some left tackle turnstiles in ooh, his yeah. day, right? Of ooh, course, of course. Rough. Who could forget Jamarcus Webb? The only reason I remember his <laughs> name is because of all the issues Jay Cutler had with him. He talked about what it's like, though, trying to rebound from a from being sacked double-digit times in a game. You'll remember that happened at the Meadowlands when the uh, they took on the Giants on a Sunday night game. Oh, gosh. You know, some of those, like, uh, one of those games like that, you know, you, you can't put too much thought into it. It sucks. And you never want it to happen again. But, I mean, I think I, we got 10 in the Giants in New York one game. And I want to, hell, I want to say seven of them were in the first half or something. It's crazy. Um, you know, I mean, and I think you got to look at it and be like, all right, like how many of those were really on me? You know, were I holding the ball? You know, did I miss, miss a protection thing? Did I not like the wrong guy? You know, or, or you know, what, what's on the line? What's on, you know, there's a lot of different factors in there. So, so. I don't think as, you know, he's young um, and, you know, you just can't put too much pressure on yourself at that point. You know, you just got to say, hey, it's one game. I got to move on. And, you know, the ones that were on him as a quarterback, 
you know, you got to take a hard look at those and say, all right, you know, I learned, I learned, I learned a valuable lesson here on this game. The positive, though, I think you can take away is that Jay Culler also said, listen, just because you're sacked, it doesn't mean that your confidence is all of a going all of a sudden going to be shattered. You know, I, I think it's one of those like, like sacks for me. You know, they sucked, but like I didn't lose confidence in sacks. You know, if I go back and watch the film, I'd be like, all right. You know, you know, take 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 this out right here, or you know, check the ball down, get rid of it and stuff. But you know, to me, you know, throwing interceptions were were far worse than taking sacks. So that's a potential positive for Bears fans. Finally, Waddle and Sylvie asked Jay Cutler what the game plan should be for Justin Fields this Sunday. You know, you know, well, we talked about it last week. I mean, they've got to run the football. They've got to run the football. They've got to play action. You know, they've got to become the you know, the, what the Titans were last year on offense. Run the ball, run the ball, play action, get rid of the ball quick, boot, get him out of the pocket. You know, and the beauty with him is, you know, he's also a runner. So you can start incorporating him in the running game too and get some read games going and, you know, use him as that, that extra number. So, I mean, he can help you in that regard. So there you go, some insight from a couple of uh, QBs, our Sunday morning quarterback segment. I- can I hope that Matt Nagy called both of these individuals and they spoke to him, some truth into him and some um, obvious things? I mean, Jay spelled it out. This is what they should be doing with him. And and he even mentioned in that interview that when he got started, they kept it super simple for him, right? Like hand the ball off, set him set him up for success. And there therein is that start that you want to get. Now, obviously, he had an offensive guru in um, Mike Shanahan, but he also just mentioned like that they they prepared him for that moment for his first start to be able to get in there and and get some positive yards and then start to feel like okay now we can now we can move forward a little bit and the bears didn't have any of that last week none of it and so even i have this vision in my head of field sitting on the bench in cleveland last week and Nagy standing in front of him scrolling through the ipad like a fool and and not even really looking like he had answers then mm-hmm. so here's hoping this whole week of great grand, glorious, candid conversations behind the scenes, hard conversations is really going to um, turn things around in less than an hour. Yeah, again, they will have more opportunity they should because the Lions don't bring the talent that the Browns do defensively to the table, so there should be a lot more available for the Bears offensively, and again, if things don't start out well, it's going to be Unfortunate because the crowd will be very amped up and unhappy yes. about a, a poor start after what transpired this week. And again, listening to Matt Nagy, totally lack confidence. You know, I, I have no doubt in my mind he had a hard time sleeping this week. I, oh, I would be no doubt. You know, you you could you could hear it on the podium. He lacked energy, and I think a, a, probably a portion of it was he's concerned. He understands right now that in week four, again. J.D. mentioned it earlier. He doesn't foresee a situation where the Bears fire him in season, at least not until late, late in the year where things have gone completely chaotic. But I think he knows that if he doesn't win this game this week... I don't know how you turn it around when you look at the rest of the schedule. Well, he's the one who's constantly said, you know, when we're, we're looking for solutions, we're looking for solutions. I would imagine the front office is too. If, if mm. things go awry, they're going to be looking for their solution. And it might be that he needs to be not involved anymore, which would, I, I, I just, again, I, I agree with JD that it's going to have to be later in the season. They're not going to make some knee jerk reaction just because that's what the fans want. Cause you know, George has always said, you know, I'm also a fan. I'm also a fan. So he, he I don't know if he's walking through the South 
lot these days, but I know he's hearing a lot from the fan base and what they want and what their expectations are. And when they drafted Justin Fields, those expectations were raised even more that the offense was finally going to look like a competent NFL offense that could could carry the team to victory, could be the reason they win. And, and I, I think there were a lot of predictions. I think both of us thought they'd be two and two if they're able to get to that point. It just has looked so poor getting there. If they're able to win today, I think that will be a huge vote of confidence for everybody to just kind of like stick it out and see if they can start to turn things around. She's Miller. I'm Miller. This is ESPN Chicago's pregame show brought to you by 3G and Valparaiso University. Up next, Deanne Miller gives you her notebook on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. You're listening to the ESPN Chicago pregame show on ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. Here are your hosts, Jeff Meller and ABC7's Dion Miller. ESPN Chicago pregame show here on ESPN 1000. I am Jeff Meller alongside Deanne Miller. Under an hour away from kick as the Bears host the Lions trying to get their second victory on the year and move to 500. But it's this time of the show where we actually like to dig into Deanne Miller's notebook and get all the insights we need up from Hallis Hall. Dion Miller cracks open her notepad to bring you inside Hallis Hall on the ESPN Chicago pregame show. That is my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. That makes me so happy. Okay, uh, not a newsflash. This was a doozy of a week at Hallis Hall. Words every day thrown at us that has all scratching our heads, wondering exactly what direction this Bears team is going. But when the offensive line gives up nine sacks, you know that Tuesday film session is going to be rough. Sam Mustafer summed it up this way. It's like going to the dentist. Nobody likes going to the dentist, but I mean, he's going to give you honest feedback. You know, you got... We had a lot of cavities on Sunday, and, uh, you know, that's something, you know, you got to improve on, you got to fix, you got to floss every day. So it's back to the details, back to execution, and, you know, what can we do moving forward? It's not about, you know, oh, woe is me. We could be like that, and then, you know, we allow the Browns to beat us twice, or we can get back to what we need to do. How can we improve? What are the solutions we need to make and the corrections? And I, I feel like we did a good job doing that uh, yesterday and today. Okay, don't let Cleveland beat us twice. We heard that more than once this week at Hallis Hall. So that was clearly something that they rallied around in that offensive room. Justin Fields said it again on Friday. Don't let Cleveland beat us twice. So we know that that is a message that was sent to them. I think that that they... This has every, what happened last week got everybody's attention in in a new way. Not that it wasn't there before, but it was like, whoa, hello, we we cannot rest on this. We have to improve on this, and everybody has to work for that. Observing in practice this week, those tiny windows of times that we did see, you can see that continuity coming together a little bit on that offensive line. I say a little bit because again, they're going against each other and they're just drills, but 
but seeing them, the, the conditioning is coming for Jason Peters. He's not resting as much as we saw him doing earlier in the season. So hopefully that is a good sign. Jermaine Fetty with a big smile. He has this great smile on his face all the time. But he said what we were encouraged by is that what, what was wrong is fixable. They are little things that we know what we're doing. It wasn't all just that the Browns defensive front is so good. It was things that we know we can do better. And they're anticipating that that will happen this week. As we mentioned, they don't have that very loud lo- voice in the offensive line room. They are about action. So let's see it today. Okay, I love me some Bill Lazor. And this week, he was uh, definitely appointment listening. It was funny, after he was done talking to the media, he stood up and said, I'm not going to tell you this was the first thing on my mind this morning, but I wasn't looking forward to it. But he handled it very, very well. Last year, when he took over the play calling, it was this ceremonious moment where Matt Nagy says, I'm going to let Bill Lazor take over the play calling. I think that he has not been involved at all based on what he said about how he observed when he, when he thought back about what could have done gone differently in Cleveland. This is what he had to say. If I could go back a week and I can't, but if I could, I, I, I'd help have a different protection plan. We had some things in there. Some of it just didn't work the way we thought it would, but we thought it was a good answer and it just didn't work. It's easy to say I would, I would go back and do things differently because of what the results are. And so Let's learn from it and not have it happen again. But as it was going, could we have reacted better and and moved to some of those things differently? Again, today I'd say yes. So I don't think that Bill Lazor is involved much at all in the prep or when Nagy is calling the plays, I don't think that Bill Lazor has much of a say at all. And that's what his response Mm-hmm. lended me to believe. Like if I could go back, if I had known, if I would have had a different protection plan, I would have had, but you know, would we have done things differently? Yes. I don't think he was involved. I do think he will be today. I do think he is calling the plays. Observations at practice. I mentioned that Nagy was bebopping around a lot. Bill Lazor was definitely dialed in with the quarterbacks. He was definitely dialed in. I saw him, his eyes were constantly on those two going through what they were going through. And, and I, I feel like that was different to me. I, I feel like he believes that the answers are there and he's going to find them and he's going to be able to execute in a different way. I appreciated his honesty. I liked hearing from him. I trust that he can get this offense going and I think we're going to see that that stark difference is because he's the one calling the plays today. Oh, dear Matt Nagy, you have had a rough week. He is about solutions, but just not about clarity. Nothing made sense this week. Nothing. I mean, I mentioned it so many times. We were looking around trying to figure out what is he actually saying. But on Friday, how he stumbled through not telling anyone who the starting quarterback would be. Please help me with this one. When there's injuries involved, it's all, it's really a lot different than anything else. When you have injuries involved, there's health, there's um you know, your status of your, your strengths and weaknesses within the game. And that's all stuff that internally we talk about. So, um, you know, whatever it is in regards to why are you concerned about why people think you could make a decision Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, or what the health is. I mean, we know what we're doing, and that's what, that's what you know, what we're believing in and going with. We know what we're doing. That was the quote mm-hmm. that made everybody sit up and be like, what do you? I don't even know what you just said to me. How could you say you know what you're doing? This capped off a week of a head coach who sounds like he is swimming and drowning and looking for answers. He has nowhere to even look for them anymore. So I don't I don't know what to make of his over. 
I guess his over he was overly trying to connect with everybody on the field during practice. He now is coming to the sidelines and talking about how we got back to the basics. We had these hard, com- candid conversations, and everybody's on the same page, and we're we're ready to take this next step. Okay, okay, show it. He, you know, we're going to go back to the basics. We like how everybody practiced. Okay, that to me is just hogwash and lip service. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. Show us the plays on Sunday. The pressure is on. We're feeling it. He's feeling it. And that's what I feel like I saw this week at practice too. It was it was kind of like he is all over the place, either looking for answers or looking for touch points. He swears he's not hearing the noise. He has been locked in inside. All right, coach, it now is the time. You've got 35 minutes to get your life together. <laughs> oh, and on that note. And on that note. That is Get your life together. Dion Miller's notepad. We bring it to you every Sunday around 11.17, assuming, of course, it's a noon kick. We'll change it up just a little bit uh, next week when the Bears take on the Raiders in Las Vegas, and we'll be on from 1 to 3, getting you set for Bears and Raiders. Hopefully, a mm. 500 Bears team visiting the Raiders Hopefully. in Vegas because... Things are not going to get any better if we have to dissect a Lions loss this week and next Sunday. So where we're at right now, I, the problem for me is that when Nagy goes up and stumbles through what he's saying, you can clearly hear he, has, he doesn't have the answers. No. And at this point, that's my question to fans out there. Is there anything that Matt Nagy can do? I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, if they rip off five wins... Will you all of a sudden feel, I guess, that maybe that's what it is. You need some sustained success for five or six straight weeks where you win four or five games against some pretty stiff competition coming up here where you might actually shift, right? But, yeah, okay, if he could, but there's nothing that we've seen that gives I, anybody that confidence that that could actually happen. I, nothing. No, I, I listen, this is completely... A complete hypothetical based on nothing, right? right. Like, based on the fact that the NFL is a weird league and maybe by giving up play calling and allowing Bill Lazor to take that on, that he as an overseer of things might have a better handle on what's happening in the game. Not getting lost in his play sheet. Maybe if he just steps back, lets Bill Lazor focus on that, he can then see too a little bit more, and maybe suggestions will be better. Maybe by watching the play unfold, not worrying so much about what's happening next play. What do I need to call? Maybe he can be a better head coach of this team. I just don't think he can give up that much control that fast. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. He might give up play calling today, but he I, 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 he believes too much in his in you, his offensive scheme that he can't let go of it. You're Listen, I'm not going to debate you. I think you're right about that. But I also think then it is completely this is on him. If he yeah. can't and, and I do think when you listen to him, like not it wasn't just this week. Remember su- Sunday post game? Yeah. He was he knew it was on him. He was yes. completely he said this starts with me, it's on me. We must have heard that ten times. And that's fine. You can take the blame all you want. There's nowhere else to put it, right? The reason you're hired is not to be the guy who takes blame after losses. You're hired to win football games. Right. You need to prove that you can actually do that. And that is something that if he can't recognize right now, if they have a little bit of success, Dion, with Bill Lazor calling the plays, he better not be so quick to go ahead and grab it back. No. Well, that's my fear. That's definitely my fear. But just but what if, you I'm just... I'm saying, if he does that, then that's completely on him. He's, it it if is. If he's too dumb to recognize that they're having a little success with Laser calling plays... pride. The second time around, you're right. 
You're right. You're I right. think it it's could, pride. It could very well be pride. Yeah. But you also need to be smarter to recognize if you're having success with Bill Lazor calling plays. There's no reason the second time, like I'd be, I understood it a little the first time, right? You're right. Yes. He's a prideful guy who got this job because of what he was as an offensive quote coordinator in Kansas City, right? I want to, I want to debate that a little bit because he left Kansas City. I have never heard Patrick Mahomes sit in a press conference and say, we've lost, we lost a lot when Matt Nagy left. Not once. No, no, that that's fair. Let's get into that in a minute here. Let's take Dean, who's downtown. Dean, you're not, you have hey. no confidence, buddy. What's up, man? All right. First of all, I just want to say, Dion Miller, you do such a great job, you and Jeff Miller, of hosting a show so much better, light years better than those windbags, Carmen DeFalco and John Yurkovich. <laughs> now, with that, that being nice. said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just had to get that off my chest. No worries, Now, Dean. with that being said... Meller, I would be remiss if I did not tell you that I suffered biblical proportion losses yesterday in college football. Normally I'm chasing on Monday night mm-hmm. and I'm losing today, but today I'm back, guys. And I will, I'm not going to share with you my picks because the, the chosen one, Tyler Aki, told me, no, we don't really discuss gambling on this show. And I said, great, I love the show. So let's just <laughs> stick to one thing. Yes. Matt Nagy is a moron okay mm. and the greatest part is he's he's a great dimwit meller because he doesn't even know it so he's like the grand turbo amg uh of dimwit because he has no idea how stupid he is Ugh. and like carmen defalco says this coach for detroit is just crazy enough to get them hyped up they win this game today what do you say i'm all in Take it! who wins this game dean the the lions Yes. Okay. So yeah. I, I just want to make 100%. sure. Yeah, no. Now, listen. what are your thoughts? Do you think the Bears have a chance? Of course. Of course. Let, let, yes. Like, listen, it's the Dean. Lions, Dean. The, I, I mean, I love your enthusiasm, but it is the Detroit Lions who have made uh, a, a, built a franchise on not winning. Listen, <laughs> Dan Campbell has them playing hard. That is, you know, you cannot debate that, right? They... Now, but they did get, even though a lot of people gave them credit for the fight they put up against the 49ers in the opening week where they were able to come back and make it close, they still ended up losing that game primarily because they let it get out of hand in the first place. They fought hard last week, and they you can make the argument. The longest field goal in the history of robbed. the game. They were robbed I mean, because, they're, like, in all honesty, the Ravens should have been penalized for the play clock expiring. Yes. And so, I yeah, but... There's no doubt it seems like Dan Campbell has them playing hard. So that is in itself, I think, more than we might have expected when this game initially came out, right? We thought this one should be a cakewalk. It doesn't seem like the Lions are going to let teams just walk all over them. And the Bears being in this position right now, it's not where they want to be. But, (laughs) but, but, but. They do have more talent on the field. Yes, Believe it or not, they this do. This is one of the yes. few times in the year where we'll look at the schedule and say the Bears bring more talent to the table. And so by that alone, they're the favorites and they should win this game. But, but not by much. Yeah, yeah. That's, Wasn't it like it's not even three? Yeah, no, it's right now it's three points. Yeah, It is uh, right now three. So just so, the home field. Yeah, so that's, you know, it's essentially a pick em game. So if they don't play well, it, they certainly could be lamenting this game as it plays out. But I do think the Lions bereft of talent they should be a team the Bears can beat. If they can't, we have some real problems. We, we have even bigger real problems than we already have. All right. they, they, there are big problems. I mean, there's no, there's no way the Bears can head into any game believing it's going to be a cakewalk for them. Not ever, ever. They and, cannot and at this moment in time. Neither of us believe that the Bears are a playoff team. 
but they can't even fake the charade. No, they can't. If they lose this game. So that's why I think you'll get a good effort from the Bears. Allow me to remind you, though, they have made the playoffs two of the last three years. (laughs) This is true. We're clinging to it, Meller. Uh, All right. She's Deanne Miller. I'm Jeff Meller. Up next, I have a surprise for Deanne Miller. So make sure you get to us. Check it out. Watch us on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Follow us and join the chat. And find out Deanne's reaction to my surprise for her when we come back on ESPN 1000. Chicago's Home for Sports is available always. Tell your smart speaker, play ESPN 1000. You're listening to the ESPN Chicago pregame show. This is ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Bears getting set to host the Lions today at Soldier Field at 1-2, and two, trying to turn things around. This is ESPN Chicago's pregame show. I am Jeff Meller alongside Dion Miller, and I have mentioned it now. I promised a surprise for Dion Miller. Dion, you any idea yeah, what I might be? I have no idea. But I will say... That I, we're, you know, we've never worked together before, but I love surprises. Like, surprises make my world go round. Well, this is uh, quite a buildup, so hopefully (laughs) it's not a huge letdown. But again, uh, last chance here. Join us uh, on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. I keep forgetting the Twitch camera is there. I want to acknowledge more. Is anybody there? Do we know? I mean, there's a few people there, I'm sure. There's always people uh, hanging out in the uh, Twitch chat room, but make sure that you follow us and you can join the conversation as well to see Dion's reaction to my surprise for her. We'll do that in one moment. I'll give folks one more minute to jump on Twitch if they want to see your reaction. But you wanted to talk about Matt Nagy's so-called play-calling ability, and you mentioned how Pat Mahomes just doesn't give him much credit in Uh, press No, we've never heard that, have we? Like, uh, And I feel like... I don't know how much Nagy is responsible for the success of a general generational talent like Patrick Mahomes. And the other thing that I I was interested was thinking about when you were mentioning how he how Matt Nagy sounded after the game. Mm-hmm. Remember the line he said, "It was so bad you couldn't make it up." The but the the sound and tenor of his voice in that moment and his body language and everything was defeated naturally. But by 24 hours later, it was all about solutions. 48 hours after that, we couldn't understand any of the words that were coming out of his mouth. Then by Friday, it was it was all over the place swimming. So what happened in that? Is, is that where even less confidence is in him because we don't he doesn't have the answers? Yeah, yet. I think that's is that ex- what we're seeing? I truly believe that's what it is, is that when he when he talks about finding solutions, he's talking about it without any specifics because he doesn't have them. He doesn't have them, yeah. And maybe Bill Lazor can get this thing going in the right direction. But the truth is that I think, to your point, yeah, Mahomes, part of the reason Mahomes probably doesn't give him a ton of credit for his development is because not only was he he working with an all-time great head coach and Andy Reid there, right? Correct, So how much, you know, I don't know how much, you know, when all is said and done, if Matt Nagy's working with Patrick Mahomes at the time, when Andy Reid comes in and says something, everything you defer to Andy Reid. He's the guy who's had, you know, who nurtured Donovan McNabb along as yeah. a rookie and turned him into, even though some people, he, he doesn't always get enough credit, but if you look at Donovan McNabb's career going to five straight NFC title games, I mean, and one Super Bowl, playing in one Super Bowl, Donovan McNabb, local legend here, went to Mount Carmel High School, yeah. had a great NFL career and was tutored, you know, at Andy Reid. Also, by the way, you know, plenty of other great quarterbacks 
learning under Andy Reid as as the head coach. When you, Jeff Garcia came in and was a very productive NFL player for the Eagles, Mike Vick was completely rejuvenated after you know a career that was derailed, having to spend time in prison because right. of what he did. Like wow, there's, You're there's right. no Andy Reid is nothing short. And then by the way, he he basically took Alex Smith, who was who had kind of turned the corner a little bit in San Francisco yeah, under yeah, Jim Harbaugh, correct. but he completely polished him up and you know turned him into a uh, Pro Bowl caliber quarterback year in and year out. So Andy Reid is the quarterback guru. Matt Nagy learned at his foot, but the truth is... Was there. I, yeah, He exactly. was there. And the time that he was calling plays, it was still only a six-game sample size. Might have been seven, I think, if you include the, the playoff game. I can't right. remember specifically if it was six including the playoffs or six and then the playoffs. Nevertheless, that playoff loss for the Kansas City Chiefs when Alex Smith was the starting quarterback against the Tennessee Titans mm-hmm. was an all-time disaster. They blew a lead because they abandoned the run in the second half yes. that they should not have had. And then, oh, by the way, Matt Nagy went on to go ahead and then secure the head coaching job with the Bears. So, yeah, I don't know what type of offensive guru we tr- truly have. I think it's becoming more and more apparent that it's really not that it's, much of an offensive guru. It's not that much of an offensive guru. And when's the last time that the Chiefs lost and Andy Reid stood up there and talked about the great conversations they all had and when players and talked to players and coaches <laughs> talked to players and yeah. coaches talked to coaches and... Players talk to. Co- I mean, when when is the last time we've heard any NFL coach say that? I cannot say I remember that happening at all at an Andy Reid presser. All right, <laughs> so we've delayed this long I feel enough. Like I need to stand up. My I'm surprise excited. for Dion Miller, and I'm going to go ahead uh, here one second. Okay. Oh, this is so exciting, you guys. I love surprises. Here all we right. go. All so right. I think I know. I probably spoiled it. All right. So Dion alerted me last week right, of something I was not even aware of, and I was a little surprised that it had eluded me. But she oh mentioned to me I'm so excited. that Eddie Jackson has his own yes. new cereal called Eddie Jackson's Bojacks, the Cinnamon Toast Squares. And she said, you know, I would like to try those one time. I haven't tried them. And so you're amazing. Here is the opportunity for I'm us. So excited. Look at this box. Ahead. Now, now here's what I'm going to say out loud. Yes. Nothing as should Tyler be called. Ak- Look at you Tyler guys. Tyler enters the studio if as well. If you're not watching on, on Twitch, you are missing out. I'll put it on my Insta stories because this is so exciting. So Bo Jacks, though, he's it's not that good, guys. <laughs> he's not been that good well, to, to claim Bo Jacks. But here we go. Hopefully Wait, I gotta, you can be... I'm taking all the pictures. All right. So is it just Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Well, and I should say on the I think that's what we're going to find just, out. We are going to find and, out. And, yeah, right, so I, I bought a co- I bought a couple box. boxes, and the good news is so that you know what? Hold on, hold on, uh, yeah. let's save that one. We're oh gonna... yes, posterity. Woo! All right, as as <laughs> cinnamon, cinnamon toast, toast squares flying. go flying everywhere here. Okay, go ahead and, okay, great. So what we're gonna so do good. is I'm going to I have a couple boxes. So what we're gonna do is when this is all said and done, we're gonna take callers number eight and thirty nine. Oh gosh, I really aggressive for uh, Eddie. Uh, that was way too aggressive. <laughs> we're gonna go ahead. Yeah, so Eddie, I'm sorry, four and thirty nine for Eddie Jackson, and we're gonna go ahead and um, the two numbers that he wore, and we're gonna go ahead and give away a couple boxes. Smells good. As well. Oh, that's awesome! What a great okay. idea. Do this I have a couple? Really what did I do with mine? You do. It's right there. Thank you. Right I got way too aggressive. Tyler. All right. Way all right. All right. So here's the question: aggressive. We have dumped a bunch of Bojacks into our cups here with the spoon. Okay. Now are we going first with I'm trying milk? dry. I'm yeah, trying dry. I think that's the milk. I think you have the way to, to go, taste right? it. Yeah. All right, we're ready. So Dean Miller, go ahead. You, you try go? first. Okay. I will join you. Initial thoughts. <laughs> this is so much fun. I'm going to say my initial thoughts are Tyler, I cannot Tyler Aki's in the studio as well cuz we need a third person to go ahead and give us their take. 
Initial thought is I cannot taste the difference between this and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay, I can. Okay. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is um, flakier. It's not as heavy. This is heavier. This has more <laughs> fiber, <laughs> more brand, something in it that's making it the texture a little bit thicker. Would you concur? Yeah, I think uh, it's lacking a little bit of vitamin T. Needs a little more tackling with it. But uh, outside of <laughs> yes. that, well uh, played, about the, Tyler. About the same well as cinnamon played. toast crunch. Yeah, I'd this, say. this, uh, yeah, the uh, cinnamon toast squares spe- specialize in turnovers, not really tackling. So, all right, so we're gonna. I, no, this. I just. I'm eating on the air. Is that like a faux pas? I think no, no. I think this that is my first soiree the, in radio. Am I not supposed to eat on the air? Listen. I've been in radio a long time. It's never stopped plenty of other people from eating on the air. Now, maybe it not it may not be the first choice, but what you do is when you're trying something on the air, it's it's acceptable. Oh, okay. So in this case, I think we're allowed to go ahead and eat the cinnamon toast squares, the Bojacks, Eddie Jackson's Bojacks cinnamon toast squares, and give people our thoughts. I keep giving it another chance. I think we should add milk. Go for it, Eric. Is that's that, what uh, I brought so the. Little, well, that's my son's blue thermos. I borrowed I it too. without no. his knowledge this morning. I think I have to spin it because I know how yeah, the straws yeah, you, work. Listen, right? you're a mom. You know I'm how that works. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tyler, are you a dry cereal guy or do you go with the milk? I used to be uh, strictly dry cereal, but then I made a switch sure. probably like five years ago. I'm not going to lie. I my, spilled. That's all right. We'll <laughs> clean it up afterwards. Of course I did. Of course I did. Um, my, my one thing I will never forgive my wife for is creating my children as... It's dry cereal eaters. Oh, mine are too. Mine are too. But listen, my daughter, well, the- she doesn't want milk on her Lucky Charms. Like, what is that about? She's missing out. Honestly, I don't think the Lucky Charms dry part of the cereal is even edible without the milk. Right. Agreed. Like, it's not. It, she eats out the marshmallows. That, now yeah, I understand. Well, okay. Th- yeah. So you're just. I giving feel like your daughter- this cereal needs the milk to soak in a little bit. Um, so, but that's the one thing I'll never mm-hmm. forgive my wife for is that she doesn't eat cereal with milk. And so my, so my don't. children have never, they won't even try it with milk because they, they now are just like, oh, it's dry cereal all the time. Of course they have a big glass of milk sitting right next to them as they eat the cereal, but I'm like, <laughs> dump it in the bowl and try it out for once. Well, I, now I'm not going to, I recommend that this be the first cereal they try it with. No, I I'm going to probably go ahead and advocate for well, a different let's side. See. Let's see. All right. All so right, Dion's going to go ahead go. and get a. Get a taste with the milk. I'll follow suit here. I would say better with the milk. It softens it up. There's still something mm. disagree. really hard about the middle of it. I'm with you, Miller. Disagree. I disagree. I feel like you lose all the like the you cinnamon do? sugar yeah. with no, the milk. No good. No good with the milk. So we have one person who's in favor of the Bojacks with milk. I like it with milk. That's Deanne Miller. I, think I do. And I and Tyler Aki... Both disagree and think that it is it's better. it's so tough without it. That's what I think, but maybe not. One again, it's, you know, solid. We have, a, again, a pair of, bo- uh, a pair of boxes to give away. So callers number, caller number four, and uh, thir- he was 39, right? Four and 39. Let's do that. Call that f- was the best surprise. Caller four and 39. You guys will both win yourself a box of Bojacks, the Cinnamon Toast Squares by Eddie Jackson. So that's There what is we're no do. telling what our partaking of this will mean for today's game. <laughs> No telling. Let's hope it inspires it's all Eddie Jackson. Be different now. Let's hope it inspires Eddie Jackson to go ahead. Thank you for and my surprise, no Miller. That was awesome. That's what I'm here for. All right, that plenty so more fun. to talk about. But again, caller four and caller thirty nine. You guys both win yourself a box of Eddie Jackson's new cereal, Bojacks, courtesy of ESPN so One Thousand, ESPN Chicago. She's Dion Miller. I'm Jeff Miller. Back after this on ESPN One Thousand. It's time for another episode of Miller and Miller. America's favorite Bears pregame. 
the ESPN Chicago pregame show. Here is ABC 7's Dion Miller and fantasy guru Jeff Miller. Congrats to Andre Ross and Maria Sanchez. They were callers number four and 39, so they got themselves a box of the brand new Bojacks, the cinnamon toast squares that we just tried. I'd like their review too. (laughs) Could you let us know what you think? Any initial, so any follow up reaction now? The aftertaste is a little. I think you're a bit of a cereal snob there, Dion. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. The aftertaste is not. Uh, you, you know what you do? If there's an aftertaste, this is the, this is the uh, cereal expert move if, you're, if you taste an aftertaste. Yeah, what is it? You go ahead and dig in for a second bite. Right. right after. Oh, right. Just, just chase it. That, chase yes, it right exactly. away. Don't leave it. Don't let Get it linger. Get yourself a chaser of, of a whole new uh, spoonful of those I'm not Bojacks. a bougie cereal person. I'm just saying there's a little aftertaste that I'm not quite sure. I think it's that extra kick of fiber they put in there because that's the healthier way to go if you're going to play football. I will maintain. Something to that effect. I will maintain that um, still the best use of. Is dry. Well, dry. But you know what? Probably a better move or use of this is. To top off a tangy yogurt type. Oh. You know, like if you're talking, you know, there's plenty of uh, yogurt stops out there that, you know, you can go ahead and load whatever toppings you want. Yes, that would be. I I highly, now, again, I'm more of a cinnamon toast guy. Same. Cinnamon toast squares, but, but. I think in a pinch, these would work. So. In a pinch, if you're desperate. Yes. If you're desperate. If the CTC is sold out, mm-hmm. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is gone. Yes. You, the, Bojack's the Bojack squares. An acceptable replacement, squares. in yeah. my opinion. It so. would taste lovely on some Froyo, like a yeah, vanilla Froyo with a little cinnamon on top. Yes. That would taste good. Yes. Good, right. call. So good call. Any um any remaining... You know what? I did want to play this because... Uh, so Greg Olson, who was on the call of the game last Sunday, watched and... Oh. The problem is, you know, he was even confused when he was talking with Waddle and Sylvie about what he saw from the Bears. And I thought this was probably the most prescient way of handling this. Greg Olson talking about what you do as a head coach to hopefully put your players in a position of strength. The best guys I've ever been around said this is not about my system. This is not about what I do. This is about my ability to bring out the strengths of my players and play towards those strengths and then protect and hedge against their weaknesses. Every player has a weakness, whether it's a quarterback, a tight end, it doesn't matter. So how do I, as a play caller and as a scheme designer, how do I highlight the strengths of each player and protect the weaknesses? You know, it, it goes into, all right, I have a young quarterback. Let's be real firm in the pocket. Let's not ask all of our guys to go five-on-five five pass rush, right? Cleveland wants to put those five big fronts and set you back and make all five of your pass protectors block on an island. You can't slide to... Miles Garrett because there's five downs and okay so let's bring some edges let's bring some chips let's allow our interior line to set firm they don't have to set back and pass off games set firm my tackles can short set because they know they have edge pressure and now all of a sudden that that offensive linemen aren't getting pushed into his face he can see plays down the field he can wait a half count longer for a guy to come because he's not Andy Dalton he hasn't played 10 years in the league and anticipate throws and understand the nuances he is going to play a little bit more on instinct and and see it and then rip it and that's okay let's knowing that going in with a young guy let's base everything around him to allow him to have a chance to be successful right it all goes hand in hand um i don't i don't know i just i just feel and now you hear that all three quarterbacks could potentially (laughs) 
be in the running, which when I heard that, I was like, what? Uh, how about him laying it out there for you, Greg Olson with Waddle and Sylvie, Greg, laying it out uh, there for you? I was you. like, what? And, yes, Greg, that is how we all felt yes. all week long. Yes. As soon as that happened, I was like, are you kidding me? Fortunately, Justin Fields will start for the Bears today. Hopefully, it will. It cannot. It feels like it cannot possibly be worse. It cannot be worse. I've uh, been thinking about like my prediction. And I think I think the defense scores a touchdown, so that's why I'm going to say. Can I say it? No? Yes, that please. Time? Okay. No, it is I'm going to go. Time. I'm going to go twenty Bears, mm-hmm. twenty Lions, sixteen. Okay, so yeah, uh, uh, not very convincing. Won't feel great about it, but a win nonetheless. I don't even have confidence in that. I'm Ugh. with you. I have the Bears being a little bit more, uh, a little better on offense. I got them winning this game, twenty-seven to thirteen today. So we both okay. have the Bears wow. winning, and they will be two and two if. What we expect to happen does happen. Don't forget Waddle and Sylvie broadcasting live from Guaranteed Rate Field inside Shy Sox Bar and Grill for the Change the Game Rally tomorrow starting at 2 o'clock. Change the Game Rally from 3 to 7. Admission is free, but you get a ticket in advance at whitesox.com slash slash CTG. I'm Jeff Meller. She's Dion Miller. That does it for us. Bears and Lions, though, getting set for a... Hopefully win for the beloved. Yeah. And don't forget, though, last regular season game of the year here on ESP 1000. Connor McKnight's got your pregame at 1.30. White Sox and Tigers at 2 today. Fun. Talk to you next week. Sounds great. Thanks Thanks for the cereal. My pleasure. Thanks, Tyler.